morning, church. So good to see you. Um, oh, I always feel, I don't know if how the Holy Spirit um, makes himself tangible to you, but he always gives me a goosies, goosebumps. So that was really awesome. Thank you, team, and thank you, Seth. So this morning, I just want to build on what Pastor Seth and Pastor Abraham has shared over the last couple of Sundays and add my own thoughts and encouragement to looking ahead to 2020 and all that the future holds for us. So we'll just recap quickly. Pastor Seth shared how we need to take our mark, get set, and then go. And we can do this by praying, stopping and listening, and then following through. Pastor Abraham last week took the story of David and Goliath and encouraged us to remember God's faithfulness, to be open to the new or unusual, and to give it our best shot. And today, I want to talk about habits and to motivate others like me who think goals is a bit of a dirty word. (laughs) Don't like the word goals. Would you pray with me before we start? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hopes and the dreams that you give us. Holy Spirit, Would you help us form the habits needed to fulfill our God-given purpose? In Jesus' name, amen. So as I said, goal's a bit of a dirty word, and I've never really been good at goal setting. When I had to do it at Teachers College, I always made up goals, Um, just ones that I thought that I could do pretty easily. But I think that I, I don't like goals because I've never really understood them. Um, I think I probably focus too much on wish lists rather than goals. An example of this is, like, for years I've wanted to learn bass guitar. I've told (laughs) told myself every new year for the past 10 years or so that this year is the year I'm going to learn bass. And Seth's walking out so we can talk about him. Seth's tried to teach me, but if you've ever been... (laughs) taught by a loved one, you know, that it normally ends in an argument, but also in my defense, he tried to teach me on an acoustic guitar, not a bass guitar, but I know the strings are the same, but it's not, still not the same. So another year will roll by, but come to Christmas 2018, I get a bass guitar and an amp. It's my gift and I'm so excited. But I'm nervous as well because now I have no excuse. Determined not to teach me anything, no matter how many times I ask him, Seth tries reverse psychology in an attempt to motivate me. Bass is hard. Bass is hard. But you'll be okay. Thanks, baby. So equipped with YouTube, I sit down and begin learning the bass. And when I get to a tricky bit, I just pull out a few versions of Smoke on the Water. You know that one, eh? Boom, 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 And that cheers me up. You see, I don't really want to learn the bass. I want to be able to play the bass brilliantly. First time. I don't set a goal because I don't like goals. I don't like that word, as I've said. 
that word to me means work. I think I just need a magic wand. And to be brutally honest, I get annoyed at my talented husband, who again is not in the room listening to this, which is good, for not imparting on me his musical talent. (laughs) (laughs) So perhaps like me, you have a goal that is yet to be achieved. And perhaps also like me, you wave it away with sentiments like, oh, that was just a New Year's whim. It wasn't really going to happen. Can I suggest the real reason, and I am speaking to myself today, is it because we don't see progress or results fast enough? So at the beginning of last year, I wanted to trim down and lose weight for my 40th birthday. I consulted Mr. Google and downloaded a running app. It's actually pretty good, and I actually managed to complete its task of going from someone who sits on the couch to someone who runs 5Ks in 20 minutes. And that's after eight weeks. So I felt great. But when I weighed myself, oh, thank you, Kay. (laughs) When I weighed myself, I'd actually gained weight, not lost it. So my birthday came and went, and I haven't run since. I didn't see the progress fast enough. Perhaps you've made a goal to read your Bible more this year. You go to the Christian bookshop and arm yourself with all those pretty devotionals and pretty journals. Carve out those non-existent minutes in your day. Now, it starts great. You love God more. You smile at everyone you meet. But then Sunday rolls around and you have a fight with your spouse and you yell at your kids all before you get to church. Or are you determined to save for something? be it a holiday or a new car. You set the savings goal and open a new bank account. You've schooled up on saving tips and are all ready with your budget. You reckon you'll put away $5 a week because it's all about the little that adds up, right? Six months come and go and you excitedly check your bank account. If I've done the maths right, it adds to $120. What? It's nothing, really, in this day and age. So, you spend it on dinner and dream about winning lotto. So you may think, what's wrong with me? And well, maybe we wrongly conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much. I decided to lose weight by running, but I actually gained weight. You read your Bible every day for a week, but then yell at your family. You put away a little bit of money every week, but it hasn't turned into millions. So if we wrongly conclude that small, good decisions don't matter that much, could we also then wrongly conclude that small, bad decisions also don't matter that much? We called in sick when really we wanted the day off, but the boss didn't seem to mind. We missed one week of church, and since nobody missed us, it didn't really matter. We eat a whole block of Whitaker's creamy caramel chocolate, but still weigh the same the next day. We end up struggling 
as Paul did when speaking to the Romans in chapter 7, verse 15. I don't really understand myself. For what? For what? Sorry. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. So Paul's struggle here is about the sin that lives within him, or the sin of his flesh. Let's look at verse 18. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Doesn't leave much hope, does it? Does that just make us bad people? Is there any hope of realizing our goals and seeing them accomplished if our sinful nature is just going to get in the way and wrong conclusions to our efforts are just going to stop us? Well, thankfully, the Apostle Paul helps us with the answer and also shares it in his letters. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 56 and 57 read, For sin is the sting that results in death, And the law gives sin its power. But thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus' work on the cross, his ultimate love that we've been singing about. His ultimate love that saves us from our sin. And when we become a Christian by accepting that Jesus paid the price through his blood that was a sacrifice, then we overcome our sinful nature by his power. Jesus gives us victory over the struggle within us. He makes us more than conquerors. So can I suggest today that, yes, while our flesh and sinful nature is the reason we don't do what we want to do, or the reason we don't achieve our goals, perhaps it's knowing our identity in Jesus that is the real answer. Romans 8, 31 to 39 from the NIV. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus also died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that's who we are. That's knowing our identity. 
we are loved by God, and nothing can stop that love. So church, with that as our focus, with Jesus as our center, with looking to him and becoming more like him as our ultimate goal, all the to-do lists and beating up ourselves up about not achieving simply fades away. We stop looking at the do and start looking at the who we are in Christ Jesus. So that really is the key this morning, church, and I want to sort of shift your thinking a little bit around this. It's who before do. Who, do, oh, sorry, who we want to become and who we are in God comes before what actions we choose. Sorry, I'm just making sure I read that right. So who does God say we are and who do we want to become? You see, it's our warped identity that leads to our failures. And the lies of this world will scream those failures at us. You're not skinny enough. Therefore, you're not beautiful enough. You're not rich enough. Therefore, you're not worthy of being a success. You don't read your Bible enough. Therefore, you're not good enough to be a Christian. Well, that's all lies. We need a firm head and heart knowledge of who we are in Jesus Christ because then we will know what his plans and purposes are for us and we can become all he wants us to be. So remember, we are chosen, accepted and loved by God. That is who we are. So with all that in mind, there really is only one question that can help direct our thinking and understanding the how behind the what. To really understand why people make goals in the first place. And that question is, who do I want to become? So I'll give you an example. Say you want to lose weight. Instead of throwing yourself headfirst into an extreme diet you probably won't maintain, ask yourself who you want to become. The answer might be something like, well, I want to be a healthy person who is there for my family and future family members. Well, when you put it that way, you can start making small positive changes to your diet that will have long-term effects. Want to read your Bible more? Instead of adding more devotions to read and becoming overwhelmed with how you'll find the time, think about who you want to become. If the answer is you want to become more Christ-like, then I think you'll happily open your Bible to the Gospels and learn everything you can about Jesus. Do you want to save money or more money? Give yourself time to focus on who you want to become house owner, financially independent, more generous. All these things can help encourage and motivate us. So who do you want to become? Have a little think now.
this question can encompass anything, long-term or short-term. It can be related to the people you love. It could be a position at work. For some of you, the answer will be staring you in the face. And for others, it might take a little bit more time. It might even be a hobby like learning the bass. So we'll take that example and so you can hold me accountable. In regards to learning a new skill, I want to become a bass player. But not just a normal bass player. Someone who can use their skills in a worship setting. Now, because I already know my identity as a worshipper of God, the goal suddenly has more meaning to me. I already want to take the next step. Then the action comes in, the doing part, the creating time to practice and learn, to form the habitual habits, which are the habits you just do automatically because you want to do them, to learn the base. It's that identity of being a worshipper that will shape my actions. Just as knowing you are loved by God, healthy identity creates positive habits. And positive habits reinforce a healthy identity. Healthy identity creates positive habits and positive habits reinforce a healthy identity. You become known for what you habitually do. So let's decide what habits are needed to be who you want to become. I love the story of Mary and Martha, the two sisters from Bethany. We read it in Luke 10, 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be, to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now this story has been dissected in a number of ways and been given lots of different meanings, but I think this story can also be used as an illustration of identity and how they shape our habits. Now, Mary's identity must have been pretty rock solid, in my opinion. She is loved by Jesus. So she isn't bothered about how clean the house is or how many dishes need to be prepared for the meal. She's only focused on Jesus and takes all the time needed to sit at his feet and listen to him. But for all the Marthas out there, and I'm one of them, our habits can be a sign that our identity needs a little bit of work. Now, let's not be mean about Martha. She's the one that invited Jesus into her home in the first place. She knew that Jesus was loving, but did she really know that Jesus loved her? 
Her actions would tend to say no. Busy preparing. Busy being flustered. Busy telling Jesus to tell off her sister for her. Jesus needed to intervene. But not because he was angry at Martha. It was because it was to remind her that he loves her too, just the way she is. Proverbs 3 verse 12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child in whom he delights. Have the worship team up, please. God loves us and wants the best for us. He is the one who places dreams in your head and eternity in our hearts. With this knowledge, his word telling us and the Holy Spirit prompting us, let's form habitual habits based on our identity in Jesus Christ and practice those habits that make us who we want to become.